You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Uh, better than yesterday. I've got, had to relocate to find electricity. Yeah, uh, usually to another state briefly. Usually, when I say "How are you today?" it's just sort of like a segue into saying something else. But literally, this time, uh, considering you're down in the Mobile area, uh, for those who don't know, if you've been literally under a rock, there was uh, Hurricane Sally uh, rolled through uh, that area of Alabama and. Because my company has restored the Bienville Square fountain and provided some Bienville Square benches in the past, uh, I, I saw the, the the video from that area and realized, oh my God, that's that those winds and and the saturation must have really taken a toll because those trees that are in Bienville Square have been there hundreds of years probably, and they were. Uh, taken down like they were nothing so it was certainly something in it i speak for the entire locked on family jimmy when i say we're glad you're okay not you're, you're never really okay but you're okay physically from this <laughs> correct correct yeah it was really bad and it was kind of even those uh that damage to the downtown mobile area there it's just as bad or worse as you go a little east from there to, to daphne where i live and Fairhope, and of course down to gulf shores and orange beach where the Storm actually uh, made landfall. Ooh, pretty rough stuff, man. So uh, we don't have power and might not have power for a few days, and we decided to find that unacceptable. So we we drove uh, we drove west and are going to stay in Mississippi until our neighbors tell us our electricity's back on. Well, Jimmy, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. So uh, hopefully your car ran smoothly all the way to Biloxi. Um, Let's talk about a few things, Bama, now. Uh, first of all, obviously, the, the hurricane could have an effect on uh, high school games, which could mm -hmm. affect some uh, Alabama prospects. And that's something I know some games have already been either postponed or uh, moved to Saturday or, or just canceled Saturday. altogether. So um, we will certainly talk about that more probably after this weekend. But one thing uh, that's still very active out there, and I – Look, we can talk about – let's go into this first. I was going to talk about Missouri missing the 12 players, but I think the biggest story is the Big Ten is back. Um, the Big Ten being back is is fine. I'm, I'm happy that they're back. I think it is better to have the Big Ten involved. I frankly don't really much care if the Pac-12 is involved or not. Um, I would prefer they be back, but it doesn't bother me. As long as the Big Ten is back, I, I feel better. I think the Big Ten is still uh, – pouting a little bit with this October 24th date. I think they could have gone a little sooner. Um, and I think they're still trying to flex some muscle saying, we're just not going to play as many games, y'all. How about that? And then uh, uh, I think that's a problem. And I think it's a problem for everybody else in that league because Wyatt Davis and and maybe um, uh, the, the cornerback who's decided to opt out for Ohio State, maybe both of them decide to Opt back in. Why yeah. Davis? I know was trying to opt back in. Um, and meanwhile, the like Michael Parsons, he's already signed with an agent. So at, at Penn Correct. State, so that that's not going to change. Um, right. uh, the Bateman kid, wide receiver kid for Minnesota, he signed with an agent. Now Rondell Moore hadn't signed with an agent from Purdue, but I mean, I highly 
find it highly unlikely he would return. So I think it's going to be a, a literal cakewalk for Ohio State. Um, you could make the argument it is every year, but I think most years Penn State's going to be a little better with the likes of a Michael Parsons. Uh, Michigan's going to be a little better. They had a lot of people opt out, even though they've owned Michigan and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to have them back, but I hate that they don't play as many games as everybody else. That's exactly right. Uh, I, I, you know, here's – I mean, I'm going to bitch about it a little bit, but, but uh, you know, I'm glad they're back because it, it really – it kind of, you know, it, it kind of lessens the asterisk a little bit. I mean, you know, now everybody's playing – so I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm very happy for the kids and their families who wanted to play so badly. I'm very happy for them. Uh, the thing I'll bitch about is mostly just kind of competitive stuff. Like, for instance, playing one less game. Let's say that Alabama was going to play 11 instead of 10. And at first you're like, no, 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 that's not fair. But then you say, okay, the 11th game is Vanderbilt. You know, we're going to add Vanderbilt, and that's who Alabama's going to play. A week one, well – in week one, or really in any week, Alabama's not going to lose to Vanderbilt, right? I mean, that that's not going to happen. Uh, Alabama's just way, way, way better than Vanderbilt in this season or most any other, and Alabama's not going to lose, right? Well, the, the problem isn't that you're playing Vanderbilt. The problem is it's one more game. How is playing that one more game, the effect of, of, of maybe having an injury in that game, the effect of how it affects your legs the rest of the season when Alabama gets to game eight, nine, ten, you're playing a good Auburn team, you know, second to last, there, there's been another game added on. You know what I'm saying? There's a cumulative effect to playing all those games. And if the Big Ten plays one less game or two less games, I'm going to argue that it's a it's a big competitive advantage for them. It doesn't matter that, you know, if I say, yeah, they'll play eight games, and you're like, yeah, well, if you added, you know, Illinois and Northwestern to their schedule, they would still win those games. Well, yeah, that's right, but it's the cumulative effect of playing 10 games that makes it tougher when you do play the Michigan, when you do play Penn State or Wisconsin, and you've got more games under your belt. You know, your legs are a little heavier. So that's 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 my complaint, you know, because it's not really a, a level playing field, uh, but it was never going to be a level, level playing field. Let's be honest, the SEC has the toughest – the toughest route, the toughest path, because there's more good teams in the SEC than than are in these other conferences, and 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 that's really inarguable if you talk to someone who's who's going to be objective about it. No, I I totally agree, and I think you're right about the cumulative effect. And you think about how many times uh, somebody for Alabama has gotten hurt uh, playing one of these extra teams that you talk about. I mean, for instance, last year with Mississippi State, I mean, that's where Tua busted hip. So, um, you know, sometimes it just happens that way. And I think playing an extra game uh, certainly is an issue. Now, if I wanted to play devil's advocate, if I were the Big Ten, I'd say, well, you know, every year we play an extra conference game while y'all are playing Middle Tennessee. And I understand that argument, Mm -hmm. except the SEC is the tougher conference. So I think that's what I would come back with. and now here's the other thing. If the schedule lays out, and they haven't released it yet, but if the schedule lays out where they do play uh, eight games in a row and then play that conference championship game, and they they mention that they're going to play, everybody else is going to play the same day as that conference championship game. They're just going to line them up like the, you know, in the conference championship game, obviously it would be division winner against division winner, and then it would be two versus two, three versus three. 
And, you know, that's fine and that's good for optics, but it doesn't really make a shit because the only ones that will have a chance for real are the ones in that championship game. Um, right. So that doesn't really add up. But meanwhile, the SEC will be able to play in 11 games because you'll play your 10 conference games and then that, that conference championship game. And so somebody like an Alabama may play, play Georgia twice and vice versa. Um, but, Jimmy, let's talk about Rock Auto really quickly. RockAuto.com, it's the place to go. Uh, get your windshield wipers, get your rear view mirrors, get your chassis, get your timing belts, get your timing belts are big. Yeah, timing belts are huge. If you don't have a kick ass timing belt, you don't have a, a vehicle. No, what are you doing? You might as well have a, might as well be Amish. I mean, that, that, that's the one, that's the only group of people that I think should not be going to Rock Auto is the Amish. Everybody else, go to rockauto.com. And even if you're Amish and you want to just try it out, go for it. But um, I don't mean to offend the Amish. Um, and I, you so, also need to replace your timing belt once every nine days. Is that, the, that could be true. Don't tell that's me that. I'll go out and do it. I'll have a car full <laughs> rec- of timing belts if you keep telling me. You know. <laughs> that's um, recommended. RockAuto.com, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. They are the best in the business. Go check them out and tell them Locked On sent you. We truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Okay, Jimmy, uh, it's getting pretty close to game week here. I mean, we're sort of, we're pretty much through Thursday now. Uh, We got Friday and then I got my daughter's four-year-old birthday on Saturday um, and and there's going to be some games on then, and then the, I got the NFL Sunday. This is how I sort of live my life. Like, when's the when's the, how far is it from the next time I get to see football? You know, that's I don't yeah. forget days and calendars. Um, so tomorrow night, I mean tonight, I got the Browns and the and the Bengals, and tomorrow night I got all the high school stuff I'm doing the scoreboard show for. Saturday, I got my daughter's four-year-old birthday, and then football during the day. It's not great football. I'm not going to lie. It kind of sucks. And the North Carolina game, by the way, was was canceled between uh, North Carolina and Charlotte, which is another thing the Big Ten would probably say, hey, look, North Carolina's only going to play nine games. And I'd retort, hey, look, North Carolina's not going to be in the playoff. Doesn't make a shit. Um, but uh, – <laughs> Uh, then I've got the Louisville Miami game on Saturday night. It's not, it's not going to be a thing of beauty. I think Louisville's going to win. Um, I think Louisville's going to win too. And I think it's a good game. I'm, I'm looking forward to that's, that's the, that's the game I'm looking forward to. It's not Saturday, bad. The most. It's far and away the best game of the day. So you, Georgia Tech does play UCF Saturday at two 30, but, um, I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you that Louisville yeah. coach, uh, Satter, Satterfield, Satterfield, yeah. whatever. Yeah. He is, he's sharp, man. That, that dude's good. So then that's why they're going to win. That's why they're going to win. So then we have the Sunday NFL, and then we got Monday, and Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs are on display uh, for uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So that's kind of awesome. And then, you know, by the time all that shit happens, it's Tuesday, and we're like knee deep in game week. So, I mean, this is right on the precipice of happening, folks. And in that same vein, here's the problem Missouri just announced they got 12 players that will 100% be out for this game. That doesn't mean that's all that'll be out because somebody could test positive between now and then and still be out. I mean, Alabama could have some folks too, but I mean, my thought on this is, is Missouri actually going to be able to play this game? I mean, they may not be able to because the SEC did just come through with a protocol that says you have to have 53 scholarship players and you have to have, I think it's four defensive linemen, seven offensive linemen, and at least one quarterback or something, you know, to, to be able to play a game that's all on scholarship. And 
I, look, that we don't know the specifics of who's out for Missouri, but 12 right. players is a lot of players, and there's still nine days to go. Well, it, even losing 12, uh, I mean, assuming they have 85, that should leave them with 73, and that's assuming all 12 are scholarship players. True. Uh, so, so you know, their, their overall numbers should be fine unless they're wiped out at a specific position group. But uh, I do think that it's a worry that needs to be in the back of our head, but probably a worry that needs to be in the back of our head for every single game Alabama will play this season. Uh, you know, that, that, that either Alabama or the other team, you know, might not be able to play. But, gosh, uh, you know, I'm so curious as to how it works in terms of, okay, they're missing 12. What efforts does Alabama go to to find out who those 12 are? Because it's huge. It's big. If you think about it, I mean, what, okay, let's say that all 12 are second and third team players and a couple of walk-ons. Then you don't have to adjust a thing. It's just the Missouri game plan going forward. But what if their 12 includes like no Nick Becton or both of their top running backs are out or their quarterbacks out? I mean, your game plan changes based on who they have available and who they don't. Uh, and and you wonder to what extent Alabama will go through every week to find out, okay, who's who's not playing for them this week because it, it literally affects your game plan. Yeah, it, it definitely will. I, the good news is in this case, I don't think it matters. They could probably have 12 extra players and not win. But <laughs> I, I, we're dealing with Nick Saban here, and I think a lot of coaches probably would be that way. So, so say, like, we're going to do our game plan. It doesn't make a damn who they have, knowing in the back of their minds, okay, I'm glad they don't have 12 guys, whoever the hell they are. But uh, well, I'm just saying, if you know, Becton, Becton's a great player, the inside linebacker from Missouri, good, really good player, as good as as most everybody's got in this league. I would think if like if Becton's one of the twelve, you're like, oh man, we're we're gonna just pound them up inside. There's nothing they can do about it. And if Becton's playing, you're like, well, you know, he's their best player. Why are we gonna go at him a hundred times? Let's let let's run. Let's do the outside runs a little more and try to get away from him a little bit. I mean, I'm just saying, so so obviously I'm talking about their best player and the odds that that, that Becton's one of the guys affected isn't very good, uh, just using it as an example. But uh, I, I, I think it's pretty big. Now, like you're saying, Luke, I mean, we're, we we outman. I mean, there's a reason we're 25, 27-point favorite. Um, you know, we outman them significantly. However, you do want to know. You do want to know. Uh, I'm sure Missouri is going to want to know what, what guys for Alabama might be unavailable, uh, you know, and, and it doesn't appear that we have any that we're announcing are unavailable, but we also happen to know here, as we've talked about before, we have, you know, a couple of opt-outs now that they're, they're not, you know, frontline players. They weren't guys that were going to start or even play with the first team most likely, but, uh, you know, Alabama's just not talking about the, the, those sort of things. So it looks like Missouri's got 12 and Alabama's got zero, well, Alabama's actually got a couple that, that won't be playing, uh, you know, because they're just, you know, not COVID positive. They're just opted out. But to me, that would count as not being available. Well, we are going to have the folks from Locked on Missouri on the podcast here coming up soon. I have reached out to them just to get a preview of the game because you say Nick Becton, I know who he is. And then my knowledge of Missouri football stops. So I would <laughs> like to have them on. 
And um, I know a little bit. I know a little. I know a little Mizzou, not as good as our locked on Missouri guy who we had on the show before. Yeah, he's great. Uh, during basketball season, great. And I follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's a good follow on on Twitter. Big Kansas City Chiefs Mahomes fan, and who can blame him for that? Um, but uh, Missouri, in, in terms of what now, Becton's great. Becton can play. I mean, I, I give him the highest compliment possible. Meaning, Becton can play for Alabama. That's how good he is. <laughs> uh, now they also have two really good backs, but particularly Larry Roundtree is a really good running back. The quarterback, Sean Robinson, was a pretty highly recruited athlete uh, that was recruited all over the South, Southeast and Southwest that ultimately chose TCU and started as a freshman, started games as a young player. Uh, as to why he left TCU, I don't know, uh, and ended up in Missouri, but this is a dual threat, talented quarterback that's going to be Kind of reminiscent of Kelly Bryant. If you've seen Kelly Bryant play, you've seen Sean Robinson. You know, he's capable of the big play with his legs or his arm. Uh, they are hurting at wide receiver. I believe we might see freshman Chris Abrams drain from Spanish Fort, wide receiver at Missouri. Uh, but defensively, this was a top five defense in the SEC last season. Top five uh, in every category played a strength of schedule as good or better than Alabama's and finished in the top five in defense in the league. Statistically, it's hard to argue Missouri wasn't better than Alabama a year ago on defense. Now, they did lose a bunch of those guys, particularly in the secondary, but they return a good defensive lineman. And again, Nick Becton is as good as any linebacker in the SEC. So Missouri isn't a huge challenge for Alabama. As a matter of fact, I think that 25 or 27 number is a little low for me. I do too. I, tell me I why I'm, I'm not supposed to risk my mortgage on this. I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious. Yeah. I, I hate being that way because it sounds like typical arrogant Alabama fan, but I'm being dead serious. I mean, this Missouri team doesn't have a lot. Uh, they just don't have much. And then they've lost 12 guys. Um, wow. I, they got a new coaching staff. Um, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well. No, that's what I, it's exactly what I believe. Um, now if, if the situation was totally normal and it was a non COVID scenario and, and you knew Alabama was firing on all cylinders, I think it would be a good time to go, you know, take the mortgage payment and just put it on Alabama. But but with this COVID and the preparation and no spring and no fourth quarter program and the weird six-week fall camp, and, and while COVID hasn't ravaged Alabama like it's done in other places during the fall camp, we obviously were missing kids here and there that had to sit out, starters uh, that had to sit out here and there, and uh, it may have disrupted things. So I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure we're going to see you know, badass Alabama, you know, uh, for that reason. It makes me a little nervous. Here's another thing. You know, we played Duke last year in the opener. I I don't know how Missouri compares to Duke. I mean, if Missouri played Duke, who wins? I mean, I I, I, I think Missouri wins. I think, you know, I think Missouri is better than Duke. And uh, what was the Duke score last year at halftime? Like 13 to to 3 or 13 13 to 3? It was something like that. Yeah, so and, and I think Missouri is probably a little better than Duke, and and you know, in Alabama, you know, had Tua, you know, a year ago. Yeah. So, so I think for those reasons, I'm not saying those are reasons to bet on Missouri. I'm just saying those are reasons that I'm not convinced it's going to be 66 to three. But you know what? It might be 66 to three. 
Um, all right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, just a few odd and end things. Coaches, SEC, uh, all SEC team came out. We'll talk about that. So as I mentioned, the SEC all coaches team came out. I kind of say that better. It coaches all SEC football team. That's what it is. I don't know why I was having trouble with that. Um, and I'm going to read off some of these. I mean, the tight end is Cal Pitts. I mean, yeah, oh, I'll take your word. Up. I mean, slammed I think up. that's great player. I understand, but I guess my point is I don't know of many great tight ends in this conference right now. So I think right, he right. is the slam dunk. One, number one, because he's good. Number two, because we don't know any other tight ends. Um, <laughs> could be. That could be the case. But, yeah, he could be a first-round pick. Now, the offensive line is interesting. I, have you already seen it, by the way? Have you already no, seen No, it? no, this is new to me. So we are we – are, we, this is new to me as, as electricity is new to me as of about two hours ago. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, no brainer to me. Trey Smith, sure. no brainer to me. Sure. Um, and then the next three, Kentucky guys, two Kentucky guys, Darian Kennard and Drake Kennard and Drake. Okay. Yep. Then I like it. Landon Dickerson, first team, first team. You know, I'm not. I'm not against it by any I'm means. Not uh, he's a good. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he's there. He he's really good. You know what though? I mean, just just me. I mean, the, I think Deontay Brown's a better run run blocker than Landon. But I tell you what, I'm not so sure that the best offensive lineman on the team this fall won't be Evan Neal. I'm gonna get to all that, so just hang tight. <laughs> but but um, so but but is Landon deserving of all SEC? Yeah, yeah, he is. Do you get a Bama bump after you're already at Bama? That's, that's a riddle that will echo through the ages. Um, it's Bama bump you, squared. It's the second one you get. How about this? You got, um, you got one when he transferred. Now he's got another one. Bama wide receivers at both spots with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. And frankly, I don't know how you anybody could argue that. Was Jamar Chase opting out? Yes. I mean, I would be so objective as to say if Jamar Chase had not opted out, I would have Jamar as the number one receiver in the league. Oh, yeah. Ahead of Waddle and Devontae. But with Chase out, uh, there's some other interesting candidates. But, yeah, yeah, Smith and Waddle, I'm I'm in. Uh, The quarterback is Kyle Trask, and, you know, the Kyle Trask train continues. I I think he's very good. Um, I think it speaks more to the conference, the level of QB play in the conference, that they have him as number one, though. Um, running backs, Kylan Hill and Najee Harris, no surprise in all purposes. Oh, really? And Jalen Wall. Oh, I mean, I figured Kylan Hill uh, – I'm not surprised that it's Najee, but uh, you know, I, I certainly figured Kylan Hill. But, no, that's that's very fair. I, I, don't, have, I don't have any, uh, quote, complaints about that first team. That sounds, uh, that sounds right to me. Boy, what a bunch of bammers. Five? Five Alabama players, first team on the offense. That's amazing. And defense. How about this name, Bobby Brown, on the defensive first team? I mean, a bit of a piss off for Alabama fans, but whatever. LeBron Ray. It was their, their, their prerogative to vote him on. Yeah. And um, every little step LeBron he Ray. takes is a, one step closer to uh, the Citrus Bowl. Um, well, let me tell you the truth about Roney. <laughs> LeBron Ray on the first team. Uh, that's a little surprising, and it's, to me, that's a projection as opposed to what he's accomplished. Um, because now I'm a huge LeBron Ray fan, and I believe LeBron is going to have a great season, and he's going to be off to the NFL. Uh, that's what I believe. But based on production in the games to this point, 
uh, it's a stretch to put LeBron on the first team. I'm right there with you. Um, but I, again, I kind of get it now. Here's where you and I are about to have to uh, make some corrections. Well, first of all, Big Cat Bryant from Auburn and Jordan Davis from Georgia on the defensive line. Then Dylan Moses, no-brainer. Okay, Kate, now, Kate, who, was all, who was all the defensive linemen? Because right, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm – The entirety Jordan of Davis. them. And, and this, is, this is a weird defensive line group. This is a all-potential defensive line group. Not so much production, potential. Yeah. Bobby Brown, A&M, LeBron Ray, Bama, yeah. Big Cat Bryant, Auburn, and Jordan Davis, Georgia. I would say You're right. uh, that none of them have produced enough to say you for sure are first team, like in, in a preseason at all. But all of them are good enough to be preseason, and I think that's where it's coming from. Now, linebackers are Dylan Moses, K.J. Britt, and then it's Nick Bolton. I think we said Nick Beckton for some Back- reason. Nick Bolton. Yeah, Nick Bolton. Oh, that's that's. I'm blaming that on uh, sleeping last night with no air condition. Sorry about uh, that. The DBs are Patrick Sertan, Derek Stingley, Richard LeCount, and Jacoby Stevens. And the rumor was Jacoby Stevens was, was going to opt out. I guess he hasn't. Um, that would have been bigger news if he had. But, um, yeah, he hadn't. And then, uh, you know, I, I won't go into the, the other stuff. But here, here I'm going to go down the second team, just hit on some highlights. Offensive line, second team is Deontay Brown. Also, Brodarius Ham from Auburn. And you want to talk about just all potential. I I mean, the, look, I'm not saying I'm not trying to say Brodarius Ham is not going to be good, but my point would be we have zero idea if Brodarius Ham is going to be good. And this tells you where we are with the offensive line. Um, because Brodarius Ham makes the second team with uh Wanya Morris, Ed Ingram. Uh, Austin, uh, De- is it Deculus? Daculus? Daculus. Daculus. Okay. Austin Daculus. Hmm. Uh, the wide receivers, George Pickens and Terrence Marshall. The quarterback is Kellen Mond. Um, and the running backs are Raheem Bo- Raheem Boyd from Arkansas and Isaiah Spiller from A&M. Um, and then second team defense, uh, Kobe Whiteside from Missouri. That's a name we probably ought to know. Um, Henry Teoto. Yeah, I said they had a good defense. That's their defensive lineman. That's a good player. Henry Tioto from Tennessee, I think he could easily be first team when all said and done. Errol Thompson from the state of Alabama in Florence. Uh, Nicobe Dean, a guy we all know uh, from recruiting. And then Monty Rice, another uh, Alabama native for mm-hmm. Georgia. They're all on the second team. Uh, and then going to the third team, how about this? A Rick Gilbert is on the third team. Uh, all the tight ends. Now, I, I could see him being first team. Don't get me wrong. But that, again, tells you where we are with tight ends when um, we are saying a freshman is going to come in and do it, and we have zero idea what he can do in college. None. None whatsoever. That's ridiculous. Now, again, I'm with you. You know, he could end up being the first team ahead of Kyle Pitts. I mean, but that's – I mean, I know it's a projection, but that's just kind of ridiculous to me. The more ridiculous thing is we have a third-team preseason all-SEC coaches list. Which, which that is, is so dumb. That's, it's, it's, too, it's too much. They should end it with, with first and second team, period. And that, That's what happens when you go to the third team. You're going to end up with some ridiculousness that that's we right. did. And about, you know of- what stood out to me on the uh, linebackers hmm. is uh, three all-SEC inside linebackers from the state of Alabama. Yeah. KJ Britt, Errol Thompson, and Monty Rice. None play for Alabama. Yeah, that's Though, true. Alabama does have an inside linebacker 
in, in Dylan mm-hmm. Moses. And frankly, I'm not trading Christian Harris for uh, for too many there. Uh, so it's not like that's a hole in Alabama's lineup, or at least going into 2020. Evan Neal is on the third team. Again, I maybe this is just me being a bammer, but I, I think he's going to be higher than that when all is said and done. Kenyon Green from A&M. Now, is he a freshman this year too? He was either a freshman – he's either a sophomore or a freshman. I think he's a true freshman this year, and I'm too lazy to look it up. Landon Dickerson is also the third-team center. Oh, <laughs> That's gosh. where we are with this. I mean, they have, <laughs> they have officially just run out of players to put on this damn list. Uh, <laughs> Seth Williams from Auburn and Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, and then Bo Nix is the third-team quarterback. And, again, I like Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix is a good player. followed him in high school. I'm not trading Mac Jones for Bo Nix based on what I've seen so far. Totally agree. I would have Mac ahead of Bo Nix while not taking away anything from Bo Nix. I, I mean, they played head to head, and I know any Auburn fan could 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 shut me up just by saying, "Uh, we won the game. We won the oh, game. Boy. Bo won the game." And I get it. And you're right. That does kind of shut me up. But based on if I'm watching that game as an NFL scout, I'm more interested in Mac than Bo. Sorry. I don't think there's any question about that. Um. The all-purpose players. Here's another Alabama native, Kadarius Tony from down in your neck of the woods from Florida. What a good player! He's good. Yeah. Now that's a guy we whiffed on. He should be. And how is, is is he is he listed as a receiver in the Florida lineup? I mean, he's played some Wildcat. He's played everything. But like, I would have if he's a receiver at all, I would have him over Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. There's no doubt. Even if it's only because isn't Elijah Moore the one that did the bulldog pissing thing in the end zone? That's right. That's right. He changed history. Elijah Moore changed history by by peeing in the end zone, uh, and then Kylan Hill changed history by uh, protesting the flag. I'll take Kylan Hill. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Kylan, Kylan Hill's Hill. form of protest over Elijah Moore's. And how about another Alabama player? And first, and and finally, I think this is ridiculous. He's this low. Evan McPherson from Florida is the third team place kicker. Uh, I can't. He would be for, I can't name a kicker I'd rather have in this league than McPherson. Although. Although, watch Reichard. I think Reichard has an okay. all-conference type year. I think he but, will, but McPherson. Even I've got to call you a bammer on that. I mean, all, we saw Reichard worm burn a punt. So, until I know for a fact he can play in this league, I'm taking Evan McPherson. I, oh, I get, I get it. And I would, I would, too. I would, too. As a matter of fact, like I said, I think he should be first team. I'm just saying that. I think Reichard is going to be. Let's 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 go ahead and put a number down. I think Reichard is going to be in ten games, uh, sixteen of twenty-one, with with a couple of fifty yarders. Oh, wow! I dig it. Man. I got I got um, super specific. So that was the all uh, coaches SEC team, and then uh, really quickly, Jimmy, before we run out of time, basketball is going to be back on November twenty fifth. I think you can play up to four non conference games or something like, or you have to play a minimum of four non conference games and a maximum of twenty seven games total. Um, I think what this means, Alabama is going to still play in the Maui Invitational, just be the Maui Invitational uh, via Indianapolis or some something like that, which you know. Look, just this year, I'm, I'm going to write it off. I hope what this means, though, is the Maui Invitational will invite us back soon. Um, I know those things are done uh, here or two in advance, but I hope they invite us back soon. Um, and uh, I guess that's about it. We will be uh, getting game day ready on these next few podcasts, and we're going to have the folks from Locked On Missouri on the next podcast, I hope. 
that'll be good stuff. That guy's good, and he's going to know the team. He'll certainly know that it's Bolton and not Becton that I'm blaming. <laughs> Again, I'm blaming on I slept last night in 85 degree. I slept in 85 degree heat with no sheets. Uh, yeah, you we did. This, we woke up this morning going, we're driving till we find air condition. <laughs> just loading up the wagon, Beverly Hillbilly style, and just going till you hear that that uh, that that beautiful sound of a window unit turning on. Yeah, we felt like real schmucks pulling out of the neighborhood when uh, when everybody's like out in the yard uh, with chainsaws and you know, trucks pulling trees off houses and everybody standing around in tears. <laughs> and we're like pulling out of the neighborhood going, You're like, hey, could driving. y'all, hey, could y'all keep it down for a minute? We're trying to listen to our favorite song as we drive away. <laughs> hey, y'all email us when the power's back on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the cruelest thing ever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, my God. All right, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.